Whoa, sick kickflip! You're listening to a WandaVision Vision! Yeah, the podcast we wish was brought to you by Doritos, but isn't. Instead, it's it's Nacho Triangles. That's the off-brand Doritos. <laughs> nacho Triangles. You ever had those? Just Nacho Triangles? Yeah. Uh, no, those are... <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, no, I, I always love that whenever a food product is marketed like at, you know, at Aldi or, yeah, or yeah. Save a Lot or whatever, and, it, and the third-party version of it is like just describing the thing. Yeah. Like, Fish-shaped cheddar snacks. And you're like, well, you can't call them goldfish, I guess is the reason right. it's called that. Uh, that that person I'm 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 Ben Went and I'm talking to Justin Barron. <laughs> hey, hey, that's me. You tuned in to uh, talking about snacks, snack chat, this where is we chat snack about snacks. Chat. Oh man, uh, that should be no. A thing. Actually, as a, maybe that's a spinoff. That's Patreon only. Um, so as I said up top, this is Wandavision Vision. Congrats on doing a double heel flip McTwist into this rad. I guess rad's not two thousands, but uh, well, well, yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to the party. Uh, we break down WandaVision, the Disney Plus series, uh, one episode at a time, one week at a time, and w- this is a doozy here. So we're on we're on episode six of the show. Mm. Uh, as always, spoilers for WandaVision, spoilers for MCU, mm-hmm. spoilers for random things that we will reference, such as. Uh, we should have given a spoiler for nacho yep. triangles up top. Those so chips sorry about are that. triangular. Uh, now you know. It, yeah. So if you were still on uh, nacho squares, then I'm sorry that we spoiled season <laughs> three for you. Season 3D. <laughs> Nachos 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin, uh, quick thoughts on this week's episode before we dive in. You know, there seems to be a pattern uh with this show of uh kind of like huge episode huge episode filler episode and not filler in a bad way i mean every episode of the show has been fantastic but this one was definitely set it's a setup episode right it's 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 a it's a transition from that into what's coming and that's what this one felt like to me and not in a bad way I love those. We need those dips in order f- to rise back Kinda up. Kind of catch your breath a little bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, I would agree with you. I think there was, I mean, particularly in the last, what, six minutes, five minutes, there was a lot oh, of sure. uh, setup, but you're right in the fact that, uh, yeah, big chunks of this episode That's... were, I think, fill- you're right that filler is not the right word, which is good, because it's only like nine episodes long. We right. don't have time for filler, but it's not, not like, yeah. It's not like the an anime series. You know, yeah. it's it's not the middle 16 episodes of a CW show where it's just exactly. like I don't need any of this. It's uh right. every, every single one of these episodes has been movie quality, fantastic, bringing yep. new new interesting aspects to the world and to the story. And so filler is well, by, from, you know, no means the right word, but From that description, I would estimate that you loved some things about this episode. So I love to talk episode. about the Soul Stone. As always, we're going to be assembling an infinity gauntlet of observations based on the uh, the the, soul, the different stones of the infinity gauntlet. It's true. Should have gone for the head. Uh, so let's be little micro Thanoses and uh, let's start talking about the Soul Stone. What made this episode work for you? What did you love about it? What made its heart beat for you? What gave it soul, Justin? Um, for me. Um, okay, there were a few moments that stood out, and I'm just going to keep it really nice and simple for you. 
Uh, Vision's escape attempt, specifically breaking through the hex, and that moment of him just, like, on the ground with the cape billowing in the back, it, it was very... It was I figuratively mean, it was, and literally falling apart. Yeah, 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 and just so reminiscent of the last time we saw him die. I mean, yeah. it was just so um, uh, visually uh, like it brought back images of of Thanos. Of totally, it it was harsh. I mean, I think that what was really effective about it and did give it stakes and you know uh, made it emotional was I've had this thought. Are they going to just full-blown bring Vision back? Are they just going to full-blown superhero resurrect him? And I still think the answer to the question is no. But now, even if they do, I had to watch him die a second time. So, like, you know, like, they did do a good job of, like, even if he's back, they're going to do this very tormented thing where, yeah, maybe they're just going to kill him off again periodically and just right. like kind of I, like, I have i have i have a couple theories i did some some deep dive uh like conspiracy theory stuff in like late last night so i'll get to that good. later but yeah good <clears throat> yeah uh so for me I, i'd say that the and this will be a, a, a theme throughout my comments i think you'll you'll see but I'd say that one of my absolute favorite things was the delivery of fun Uncle Pietro and seeing him with his nephews and um, just the way in which they interacted. Like, there's the, the, the scene very early on where Tommy and Billy are talking and Billy's afraid of waking him up and... Um, and, and like there's this joke that maybe he thinks he's a vampire. He hears him, he wakes up and scares him. And there there's this comment where Vision says, like, I had no idea that your brother was going to be, and it cuts to them all chugging sodas and then like belching really loud. And he's like, So great with kids. And yeah. and um like this like maybe my favorite quote of the entire show so far is where do you keep the water balloons? Just you know, uh-huh. uh, just wonderful. It was fun, it was light. It was also endearing. It made you care about um, about Pietro. It made you care about the boys. It made you care, I think, for Wanda's loss even more. It, it, it helped actualize her loss and what she is missing in her life. And, and, and um, you know, because we know that she's making all this happen, it's very heartbreaking that she's choosing to, rather than process and mourn, you know, create this this existence that can't actually be. Yeah. And I, so I thought that by making him so charming and endearing, it made that kind of stuff hurt even more. If, if that makes sense, yeah, Re- yeah. recognizing what it could be kind of caused you to alongside Wanda process what could be and what, what could have been. And then I, I also thought in the same breath as that, my favorite moment of the whole episode was Pietro and Wanda at the town square spectacular, uh, basically admitting this is weird. You know, her asking, how did you get here? Why are you here? Why do you look different? Yeah. And her letting her guard down and talking about how empty and alone she was and how hopeless she was and all of that. And then seeing him zombified. I mean, like just all of that. So, um, so many emotions and beats and and elements all just kind of thrown in there very emblematic of what the whole show has been totally kind of in one little scene and i i just really loved that moment and i loved again yeah anything with pietro and wanda a lot 
two uh, honorable mentions for me. Uh, yes. Jimmy Monica uh, kicking butt, finally getting to see Jimmy Woo. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess... Great punch. Probably the first time we've seen Monica fight, too. But for yes. some reason, I just associate it with her more than with Jimmy. Uh, but, I mean, both of them just had some really fun action. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, just some great, some great moments there. Um, and then my other one is just the boys getting their powers and finally seeing those happen. Yes. And, and, and specifically, we called it again. We've been pretty good on we've predictions. Been pretty good. We've had, I've, yeah, I mean, pat yeah. ourselves on the back here. Um, I mean, everybody, everybody's probably having <laughs> very similar predictions, but, um, the way in which they got their powers and how that how that influences or reflects their individual personalities uh, mm-hmm. to me with Tommy getting his by having fun and by causing a little bit of mischief uh, but Billy being the much more sensible and much more uh, serious of the two twins um, having almost a what I would assume is going to be a traumatic experience the first time he got his powers was watching his dad die um right uh, you know and 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 it's but yeah i'm excited to see where that takes the the boys i totally agree uh two quick ones for me too was i had a just a wanda quote that was another just great quote which was some what somebody better be bleeding broken or on fire (laughs) which uh we are going to use that as the official Wit family catchphrase moving forward. <laughs> I, uh, these last few days, it's been yeah. so cold. We've been all shut in, and my five-year-old and my 18-month-old, uh, they're, they're the perfect age where they're constantly both, like, rivals and partners in crime. Yeah, so perfect. there's always screaming. Something's always falling over. You got to throw out. You got to throw out. Who who got into the nacho triangles now? That was... That used to be the Winton family motto, right? Yes, right, right. No, yeah, I have to bring it back, uh, yes, because I'm sure that, yes, this is a time-honored tradition. My my dad had, uh, well, has uh, four brothers and a sister, and, and I had two little brothers, and so, yeah, it's the, the Winton motto is back again, uh, <laughs> which is, somebody better be bleeding, broken, or on fire. And then before we move on, just really quick, I did want to say that the very last moments of the episode a thing that worked really really well for me that i thought was just incredible storytelling was just having so 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 by having and i'm blanking on his name but lieutenant guy who is increasingly becoming a bad guy who's in charge of sword holly is it holly or are you just thinking about josh holly uh (laughs) hayward it is hayward yes uh no, I, I thought that by having him be in the car that's speeding away, they did this really powerful storytelling thing where we were rooting for Wanda in a moment where we would never normally root for Wanda. Like, normally if Wanda is just expanding this hex and sucking in more and more people, we would be like, that's horrible. Do not do that. Stop. And instead, it was like, yeah, get that car, get that car, get that car. And you're just watching her engulf more and more. And it really did a really great job of putting you in her headspace and causing you to feel like Wanda, where you're kind of like, I don't really care what carnage is caused. We're going to get this guy in this car. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately stopping and having him get away was this very uh, stifling, frustrating feeling to leave us with. And yeah, the fact that I have to chew on that for a whole week, uh, I'm, I'm salty. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so those were some of the great moments of Soul for us. Let's talk about the Space Stone. Best props, best use of sets, costumes, visuals, best use of the, the space itself. The costumes for me. Using Halloween as this backdrop, as an excuse to get Speed and Wick in, in their costumes to show us the throwback costumes. You know, I, like I'm a sucker for those comic booky, uh, you know, the bright colors on Vision and Wanda's crazy ear things and and all of that and the, the totally insane hair on speed and, and all of that that like i can understand in the tone of the modern marvel movies why they often opt out of those kinds of things i can understand it but there's always that little part of me that misses it there's always that little piece of me that's like i do kind of want to see what what wanda would look like in three dimensions with the crazy headpiece, you know? And so I loved using Halloween as an excuse for that. And then similarly using Halloween as a backdrop for the episode where vision is kind of playing detective and going on this spooky mystery with some of the spookiest images we've seen yet. Like the woman who was hanging up the decorations on loop and, and the kids kind of like walking to a certain point and then walking, you know, looping around and going back and all of these spooky images. Again, just the use of Halloween there visually was fantastic and, and did a lot for me. How about you? What, what was your space dome? Yes. Yes, I that was my runner up as well. I, I, I loved watching that and just, you know, I, I think we've said that one of the coolest parts of this that maybe we didn't totally see coming was that Wanda is physically impacting the world in a, a permanent way. And, and watching that happen and seeing the choices they make, the helicopter turning into hot air balloon might be like the coolest example yet of the whole run of the show. Yeah, yeah um, loved it. Okay, well, there we go. Some excellent uses of space in this episode for sure. So now let's talk about time. Well, okay. What's the best and, use? And, and real quick, Ben, real Ooh. quick, um, this, is, this is unprecedented, Ben. Oh, no. But is it possible that in just one world, in one sector of the multiverse, we actually found the reality stone before the time stone? Whoa, okay. Can we go out of order? Because are we going to talk about the same thing, maybe? Probably. I, I'm going to allow this because I think we might have the same... Uh, I'm going to... Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, yes. Um, let's do it. So instead, yes, we're, we, we we reached for the Eye of Agamotto and, and missed and ended up with the Reality Stone. Um, so yes, now instead we're going to talk about... Mistakes, moments that pulled you out of the reality of a show, uh, bloopers, or things that it doesn't necessarily have to be technically wrong, but something that did get you in your head in a distracting kind of way. What right. do you have, Justin? Well, I have two things. Um, uh, the first one has nothing to do with reality going before time, so I'll start with that, and I'll just say okay. this uh, this idea of, uh, and, and, and again, maybe it's not a mistake, uh, and it won't be a mistake if we get some sort of resolution on it eventually, in my opinion. Um, but this for the children, for the children chant that started in, in episode two, um, 
and had got a mention from Pietro or Peter in this uh, episode um, about where do these kids, where you know, where do these children come from? That kind of thing. Um, I really yes. hope that it's not just that. I really hope that it's not just you know there weren't any children in Westview and now there are and. I, I, I'm I'm sure we'll get more answers on it. I just I'm saying right now that if we don't, if that's just kind of falls to the wayside as kind of one of those things that was just happened, I'm gonna be a little upset about that. I agree. I will say I thought Pietro proposed a thing that made sense in my head, which was he basically said like, were they all just in their houses or something like that? He had one line where he basically said like. And, and now you brought brought them out. And, and I do think that that makes sense because, like, I do feel like there yeah. were tropes, especially in the 50s and 60s in television, that unless there was, like, a kid who was, like, the main character's kid, there just weren't very many children in television, you know? And so sure. I, I'm curious to see, but I'm with you if they don't resolve that. I've got one, too, really quick that doesn't have to do with time at all. Well, it kind of does, ironically. But I'm out here sniping Easter eggs like a maniac. I'm just constantly, I have my cork board to the left of me and my red thread <laughs> and my push pins. And so in the scene where we find out that Monica's molecules are changing, I thought I found an Easter egg because the clock was counting up uh, and it, like, it started at 13 days and I was trying to decipher it. And then there was a continuity, a continuity error where then it cut to another, you know, camera and it was at 12 days. And and so and then when we got the other oh. shot, it went back to 13 days. And so I'm sure that was just a continuity error yeah. in your filmmaking. But this show has trained me to be like staring at every <laughs> frame know. in such a way that they can't do that. They like they're not allowed to make mistakes because I'm going to see the threads, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. OK, so let's talk because I bet we're about to stab at the same uh -huh. thing, but maybe not. What what is your time ish related reality glitch? Uh, okay, and it's it's and it's just this. Up until now, we've defined each episode by the decade that okay, it is set in. Yes. and now we have this wishy washy. Is it nineties? Is it two thousands? It's a little bit of both, and it's just can it's it's not a big deal because they do bleed together a bit sitcom wise, like. Like we've got, we had the you know the the Dick Van Dyke show. We had the uh, I Love Lucy type things, and uh, you know those those shows like crossed over. I'm sure time wise they overlapped. Sure. So it's not like they have to define the decade, but it's just it's 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 the it's bizarre so, yeah, to me that they. I feel like I feel like we skipped the '90s. Yeah, I personally so like I've been seeing articles and I've been salty and nerdy about this the last several days. I've seen pieces being written by people who are like about 30 who I think should know better that are like the 90s episode was blah blah and I'm like that was a 2000s episode. Right. Malcolm in the Middle aired in January of 2000 yeah. and it ran from 2000 to 2006. There actually might not be a more clean cut example of a 2000s TV show to be right. parodying. And right. also Malcolm in the Middle was single camera and most of the mid to late 2000s was single camera. The 2000s is the decade where the single camera sitcom really became king. By the end of it, you even start to get into uh, like the single camera mockumentary, like The Office and, and Parks and Recreation and things like that. And so to me, 90s is Full House, is Friends, uh -huh. it, it, which I do know extended into 20s. Uh, or the 2000s, I mean. Um, and the Seinfeld. I mean, Frasier. Yeah. We were still very much in multi-camera, proscenium, 
presentational sitcoms. Yeah. And so that plus the fashion, I mean, we got puka shell necklaces, we've got DDR pads. This is a 2000s episode. Yep. And I we just full full blown skip the 90s and I'm with you. There are trends and things like that like skateboarding was kind of cool in both decades and punk was kind of cool in both decades and things like that. But like it did pull me out that we just skipped a decade, didn't address it at all. And then I think it has even thrown some of the fans who, like, I try not to ever have, like, the attitude of, like, I'm right, you're wrong. But, like, I think this is, as somebody who grew up, like, came came of, like, I don't know, I was a, a little, little kid in the 90s. And then, like, kind of came, you are the same, yeah. you know, like, like, came more into, like, a, being a conscious being. I don't want to say an adult, but, like, like you know, uh, sentience. In the 2000s, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, this is a 2000s episode because right. these are all the things that I'm seeing for the first time ever where I'm like, oh, this is playing to my, my nostalgia as a person more than my nostalgia as a consumer of pop culture. And, and yeah. And so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I And, and along those lines, um, to play my own devil's advocate here, uh, you know, They've never said that you know these things take place in a certain year by any totally. means. They they they're they're meant to they're meant to um, like reflect a whole uh, genre, right? It's a genre thing, and the genres happen to be defined by the decades they were made in. Um, so I agree. While we skipped '90s completely, it feels like um, the so there was one clue I found, and it was I mean I'm sure it was blatantly obvious but the the movies that were playing at the at the theater Ooh, i want to save this for easter eggs oh okay great well we'll wait for later then okay okay because um, i i want to talk about that a lot actually oh yeah. okay cool, cool cool uh yes yes if um, that's okay no that's uh, great but i think you're right that i think that that was admitting a little bit that they blurred over just a tad uh i do think that darcy lewis had a line that set us up to feel this way a little bit though because she did say like now they're into the 70s or something along those lines in episode four. Mm -hmm. And I think that even furthered people's ideas and expectations. But uh, no, I'm with you. That definitely is what pulled me out. Maybe they'll address it. Maybe they won't. While we're on time, though, uh, the best use of the era for me, uh, uh, in addition to just like some of the touchstones, like I mentioned, like DDR pads and the puka shell necklace, uh, I loved the way in which this is a very 2000s way in which Wanda and Vision as the mom and dad are horny for each other. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just like it's hard to articulate, but it is such a 2000s sitcom trope to have mom and dad be like uh, really weirdly like about to bone. And and then like, yeah, like uh, he, he's like, I know you had me to wear this because you, you love Mexican wrestlers. And then, like, um, he doesn't know any Spanish, so he says chili con carne. Like, everything about that exchange just felt plucked straight from, totally. obviously, Malcolm in the middle, but just, like, those 2000s family sitcoms. Uh, it, it, I just, it, it, like, it hit a part of my brain where I was like, whoa, weird. I didn't know that I had stored that, but I, I definitely had. And then I, I guess I'll put this under time more than any of the others, but, okay. Now, I'm sure that my age is part of why I feel this way. I'm sure, like, if we had, like, a Gen Xer as a co-host or whatever, that they'd disagree. But, like, for me, this is the first episode since the first two where I would watch a whole season of this time period. Yeah. I would watch a full season of 
this kind of deconstruction because this is like you have the kids breaking the fourth wall and addressing the audience is like a really great mechanism because it's single cam it's shot a little bit more like a movie and uh i just thought that like the tone and the comedy of it worked a little bit better than the 80s and the 70s episodes had personally it it made me laugh with it a little bit more um when it was being the show within the show did you feel that way at all i I just i i think it's there were several moments totally for me it's the style of comedy right i mean sure sitcom situational comedy uh, in my opinion uh got more uh relatable i mean again being the age that i am and being right seeing the shows that i've seen of course it's going to be different depending on the generation i guess um but the sarcasm added into it the the you know the very like roseanne style like uh you know every 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 family kind of working class family um aspects of 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 that like 90s uh comedy i guess um just just read well just read well for me more so than than like the um the 70s or the 80s uh shows do do you think that and we'll well i guess we'll find out but do you think that the reason they skipped the 90s proper is that the style between the 80s and the 90s didn't change that was that much yeah and i think that's kind of where i was gonna I, I, to me, this this show, this episode is a is a late '90s, early 2000s, and I think that they, if if we were in the writers' room, I bet that they had kind of a, a chunk of time blocked out like that for each of those sure. past episodes, and we just kind of sure. lumped it all into the '70s or the '80s or the '60s or whatever it was. Sure, sure. but. Uh, because yeah, I mean, most of those '80s shows carried over into the '90s and didn't end until late '90s, right? Um, right, and so. Yeah, I think the the style. The, uh, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> okay, sweet. Right, yeah. There we go. Let's, Let's keep going. Let's go on. Okay, well, so here we are. Since we uh, shuffled the order, and we're ready for the Power Stone, Justin. Power. Power. I got the power. Now we have to use that. We have to pay for the licensing. I think I got. I cut myself off just in time. Yeah, you're good. Because we might have the power, but we don't have the resources. Yeah. Okay. So the question is. Who won the episode? I am going to go with maybe something that you're going to dislike. We'll talk about this in Ooh. a sec, especially based on how you... Good. Uh, tired how of we ended the you. episode last time. Evan Peters. Evan Peters won the episode. He was so charming. His performance was incredible. He was magnetic, engaging. Uh, any doubt I had about why they brought this guy in and, and what they were going to do with him went away because of his just natural magnetism. He's got, like, this, like, 90s Jim Carrey energy that's reeled in just enough. Like, I love Jim Carrey, but, like, peak Jim Carrey, you know, talking with his butt and stuff can be just a little too much. And Evan mm-hmm. Peters, I think, has distilled a a brand of that into, like, a slightly more nuanced performance and... I, I just found him so engaging. I loved watching him with the kids. And I know I'm blurring Peter, Pietro, Evan a little bit, but I am specifically going to give the award to Evan Peters, the actor who somehow wormed his way into the MCU and gave a performance that puts him up there as one of a, a top tier, an upper tier at the very least, 
even with fairly limited screen time, MCU character uh, for me. Who about? How about you? Who? Well, ben, who won this episode? You're not gonna like my answer. Okay, but it's also Evan Peters. <laughs> I, listen. Wow, you, then he really worked his. He magic did. Look, let's hear it. I, I have let's nothing against Evan Peters by any means. Sure, I sure. think he's a fantastic actor, and he only pushed that further into my mind with this episode. Um, I. Trying to keep aside the thing, my theories. I'll save that for later. Um, right. I, I, I his performance was. You're right. It was magnetic. It was fantastic. I, you know, my runner-up was Vision, specifically just that scene where he's pleading and uh, dying, and I mean that was some intense stuff. It was Ooh. so great. But uh, and also the moment where he's like kind of slightly going off script uh, early and and trying to not get you know caught, I suppose. But. For yeah. me, that was Evan Peters the entirety of the episode. Um, there's secrets there, and there's there's a, a balance of playing the crazy bad boy uncle and getting those tropes in while also having your own motivations and asking the questions and really like needling uh, you know uh, a person who, as an actor, you're supposed to play the fact that you have been with her forever. Yet also, you're brand new, and you are brand new. And right. and then you have to also just kind of step back from all of that and look at it as if you're looking at a snow globe and say, wow, this is weird. Uh, <laughs> there's so many layers that you have to play. And I think he does he does a fantastic job. So yeah, yeah, Evan Peters. There we go. All right, well, that's, man, that he really worked. I mean, I, again, I know you like Evan Peters. Fine. We both agreed probably yeah. the best part of those last couple Brian Singer X-Men yeah. are in fact his performances but uh I'm really impressed because where we left last time I I was I had the <laughs> thought I was like is Justin gonna be able to be swayed to be okay with this decision on any level sure so, sure all right well that brings us now I think uh to uh the Mind Stone so right. now it's time for predictions what's happening next week what's happening over the final three episodes of this show season yeah. maybe series yeah uh, what what do you think, Justin? Well, I'll start yeah, with go ahead, my go ahead. basic. I think we are gonna skip the '90s proper if we're gonna call it that. If we can, you know, continue with the kind of way we've been discussing it, I think it would be weird to go back at this point. Um, I I think we will see uh, a. So I was thinking a lot about this, and I was it's it's harder and harder as you get closer to the present to write to like know what the tropes of something are. Mm-hmm. But I do think 2010s, it's the mockumentary. It's I know Parks and Recreation started, I think, Ooh, in like 2008 good. or nine. But like Parks and Recreation, um, I know, again, The Office technically started in like mid 2000s, especially the UK version. But like, I think that like even like Modern Family, which isn't like there isn't like a camera crew in Modern Family, but they all have like cutaway interview segments in Modern Family. Mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see Modern Family and Parks and Recreation being two of the docu- or like mockumentary-ish, um, directly addressing the camera kind of comedies that they try to yeah. go with. But after that, I don't think the last two episodes are going to be show within a show. I, I kind of think next week is our last show within a show, and then I think the next two episodes get totally trippy and bizarre and become this weird pastiche of like now it's a slasher david fincher psychological 
thriller film. Now it's uh, now it's a film noir. Now we're back in 1950s television. Now that's so what I predict is next week we're going to get like a 2010s mockumentary and then the last two are just going to be balls to the walls wild stuff. That, that's that's my only mindstone prediction. So the rest of the mindstone time <laughs> well, is yours. Once again, Ben, this is the most boring podcast for anyone to listen to because although it was my my theory was slightly different than yours it it is essentially the the same um and that is my my original theory and i love your mockumentary thing that that's actually really smart and i think they'd be really smart to to take that play um for me this whole expansion all of this uh and with the inclusion of darcy now in the hex yes I, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, it's gonna either be, uh, some chaotic blend of every decade we've seen so far, which that may come in the last two episodes or, you know, I, I know there's three episodes left. It's getting down to crunch time. We're basically in the final, uh, hour and a half of our, you know, six hour movie here. Um, and, uh, I guess the reason I thought that is very much the same reason that you explained, but I guess I couldn't think of like what that next step would be sitcom wise. Uh, but you just said mockumentary and, and, and I think that's, I think that's great. I think, I think I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And I hope <laughs> we get some Darcy, uh, some Darcy Lewis, um, kind of, uh, you know, shots, like looks to the camera where it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jim Halpert shrug. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But I agree with you. I think either next episode or the episode following, we're gonna cut the we're gonna cut the 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 show within a show aspects of it, and it's going to be everything collapsing on itself. Um, I did just think of the. I don't think this is gonna happen. How crazy would it be if they did Rick and Morty? <laughs> I you know what my thought was was Family Guy actually. Like, so like a, a dolly an animation. animated, but yeah, but man, but they I don't think they'll do that. Um, I don't think so either, that and I don't so think I want wild. them to either. But I don't either. Be crazy. I don't either. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. The other the other big thing, and, and that's really honestly been, I I thought that was a really cool groundbreaking theory. So <laughs> I didn't really write too many others. <laughs> I mean, I agree. So, um, <laughs> whoever thought of that, anybody who had that thought independently is a cool, sexy I, person. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. I do have two others, and uh, uh, one is I. I think we're. I mean, obviously, I would say it's definitely going to happen next episode. We're going to finally figure out who Monica's connection is. Who this aerospace engineer? She resp- She she called it her guy. So yes. I am thinking maybe it's. I mean, maybe she just calls people her guy, but I'm thinking maybe it could be the way that they're they're dropping hints and they are tagging teasing it along. So I think it has to be either uh, Adam Brashar, Adam Brashear, excuse me, the the Blue Marvel, and they're gonna include they're gonna add him in. It's we're gonna get some sort of uh, celebrity cameo that we weren't expecting, and oh, okay. it's going to lead into something newer um, or. It's like Reed Richards or something. Like no, it seems crazy because and yeah, like I think we've talked about this on on Mike, but like I'm a Fantastic Four guy. That's my favorite Marvel comics, and uh, like I, I'm like 
so I, I don't <gasps> quite want to like let my heart go there as much as I would be happy because like I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. I don't like yeah. let my brain be like we're about to get okay like Krasinski Blunt Fantastic Four. You know, like I don't yeah. want to let my brain. I just thought yeah. of a new. I just thought of a new theory too. Just okay. literally right now. <laughs> like off. Yeah. Off I dome. don't remember his name, but the scroll. From Ben Mendelsohn. Ben yeah, Mendelsohn. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Could actor. be him. Yeah. That's an interesting. Could be thought. him. I don't. I don't know if he's like off world right now or no. I, he's not because he's acting as spoilers for Spider Man Far From Home. Right. Nick Fury around this time, right? Um, so what if we Whoa. what if we get a Sam Jackson appearance and then he shifts into Ben Mendelsohn's scroll because she that would be insane. She actually does have he's an old friend from her childhood, right? Oh my gosh! Ooh, I like that one a lot. That'd be pretty cool because I do. Th- I think because I, I'm not against Blue Marvel at all. That would be that's a niche enough one that like. They got to get going on that one if they're going to do that. Agreed. Because even if they were like, it's The Rock. Like, like we'd be excited <laughs> that it's The Rock, not that it's Blue Marvel. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally so, like you. If it's Blue Marvel, they got to get going on it. Whereas bringing back someone who's been in the MCU or, I mean, yeah. like a, an A-tier Reed Richards, it's Charles definitely... Xavier. You have to introduce a character that, like, because I saw something earlier that this is the number one show in the world right now, you know? And so it's yeah. like, it has to be a Marvel character that's, like, at least as famous sure. as, I don't know, Psylocke. It has sure. to be, like, at least Psylocke. that famous. <laughs> Probably more famous than that, right? I think so. Probably more, yeah. Well, like, at I, least as famous I, I as think Cyclops, you're right. maybe. Yeah. I think story-wise, storytelling-wise, the only thing that makes sense is it's a character that we already have seen before in the MCU. Unless, like... Again, if they get going on it, you could introduce Blue Marvel and hook us in three episodes, no doubt. But I like I like that it's it, that it's a scroll tie-in that it's Ben Middleton. Uh, I can't think of the name of his character, but yeah, the, yeah that would be a I. very good element. I love the idea that it starts off you're like Sam Jackson, and then it's yeah, it's just oh, one man. shot of Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah, they got him um, for literally like 15 minutes. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. Any more mind predictions? Yeah, and this is probably yeah. one that we want to talk about. Um, and I'll try to keep it brief, but Pietro, just as a whole. Okay, you know? yeah. What is your theory there? Because I've got to be honest, I went into this week with a theory for him and a theory for Agnes, and they're both gone now. I, or, yeah, so, yeah, I know. Me too, me too. Um, I, so my theory for him actually got stronger, but my theory for Agnes went out the window, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> um, I feel like that, that when they showed Agnes dressed as a witch with silver hair, yeah. They were like, ha ha, you thought you were getting Agatha Harkness, aren't you cute, you're not. I, I don't know how else to interpret that, because she acted so scared, and like she had no agency at all, and look, I guess it could turn out that she was doing like a double pump fake on the vision to like, really could say, be but I, could be gosh that'd be really hard to tell in storytelling like like how do you do that in the in the the film medium like how do you explain that she was double psyching out the vi- i don't think that makes sense so i do I, feel like I, agnes I, is a woman who lived in westview I, sorry, I agree pietro was what we were actually talking about. well well but it, that ties in with my theory on pietro because i i want to say i think you're right i think that Ag- uh, agnes couldn't be just faking it but then I go to my Pietro theory, and that's exactly what I think Pietro's doing. Um, 
and I I know I'm not the only one who has thought of this. I've seen all I've been all over Twitter, and people are like saying their theories and whatnot. And um, you know, uh, Mephisto, as I've said in the past, Mephisto is the Marvel uh, version of the devil himself, and so Mephisto does have deep ties to both Doctor Strange and to Wanda Maximoff, and even more so to Billy and Tommy. Like like sure. I mentioned back when Billy and Tommy first made their first appearance as babies and whatnot, uh, unknowingly, they were fragments of Mephisto. And it would be tragic. And I, I, think, I think the MCU way to twist that on its head is that Mephisto is the one powering Wanda, in a way, to do all of this and egging her on in ways. And so Pietro is either Mephisto himself or just literally the, the body of her brother. Um, but, I, but then, it, but then it's like, well, why is, why doesn't he look like him? And that's still the big thing I can't get over is like, it would make sense to me if Aaron Taylor Johnson showed up and yeah. we were like, Oh, crazy. He's back. And then it's like, well, no, he's secretly Mephisto and he's just looking like her brother to like, you know, really mess what? with her. And I even like went back and paused and went frame by frame to make sure that when she saw Zombie yeah, Pietro, I saw that too. That it, but like it is Evan Peters. It is Evan you Peters. Know? Like, like, so like wearing that costume and looking yeah. more like Aaron Taylor Johnson a bit. But yeah, it is him. I just you know oh, I, we're we're gonna get answers on it. I, I have no doubt about that. Um, but my running theory at the moment, and I don't want to drag it on too long, is I think he is either. And a fragment of or the literal embodiment of Mephisto and Mephisto has been playing puppets if you will uh seeing how how much Wanda truly because I mean Wanda would definitely have made a deal with the devil to get her husband back and that very much to me feels like what a lot of this is going to lead to because like you said yeah. like you said before is Vision going to come back is Vision going to come back at the end of the show? And I think my answer, my theory, is not at all. Um, I think the big choice is gonna is gonna have to be Wanda giving up this this life, this this perfect life that she wants with Vision for the greater good. Um, and I'm so sorry to hog the time. I just no, want to no, say no. last and thing. That's like the last only thought. like redeemable sacrifice at this point she could make. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, if yeah. we're gonna still like Wanda, she's still gonna be a hero in the MCU. That's the most heroic thing she could. And do along those lines, herself. I think they have to do that because, to me, every every hero, every every major character that Disney wants to portray as heroes in these movies, um, they don't actively harm people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closest we get, I would say, is maybe the Hulk, who is doing it, but he's maybe, you know, under mind control. But even then, we don't see him, like, smashing cars full of people in them. You know what I mean? Right. We don't we don't see that kind of stuff. And so, um, Wanda, of course, has, has accidentally hurt people back in Lagos and that kind of thing. But to me, this is not Wanda's fault. Something is going to come down, and, and I. They want us to think it is. They want us to think that she. And I think part of her is doing this, but I also think part of her doesn't realize how much she's actually hurting these people. That woman crying, 
that uh, all these people who are desperate to get out and who are in pain, I don't think at the end of this show well, she, they can pin it all deliberately in one. Right, and she's deliberately avoiding it too. You know, I mean, like so yeah. far, she could play, could feign ignorance pretty well, especially if she's, you know, what you just said. Now, is did you still have one more? No, that's like, it. Like, okay, that's okay. It. Then this will actually transition per- perfectly into uh, the Watchers trivia and Easter eggs, which is the the claymation Yo Magic ad. Yeah. Um, which was super crazy, dark and wild. Crazy, but. We have this scene at the Spooktacular where Pietro and Wanda are talking, and she talks about how she was totally alone and isolated, and it draws up the imagery of that island. And this shark shows up and says, if you don't use your magic, you'll die, basically. Mm -hmm. And so that ties very well with Mephisto. I mean, like, the devil, like, shark, like, those are, like similar images and ideas and concepts and that she's in this basically this on this metaphorical island mephisto shows up and says if if you don't do this then you know what's the point you know and and i i can definitely see them uh tying that in together it makes a lot of sense to me along those lines two things i want to bring up first of all (laughs) this is maybe a little too deep uh conspiracy theory 2 a.m justin last night but that shark is uh a very similar color palette to Quicksilver. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. The, it's the blue and the, like, the white blue, and it's very, it's very Quicksilver colors. Not that that makes any, I mean, but along those lines, I too thought the shark was kind of Mephisto, and in the guise of a cool, a cool shark, aka a cool Uncle Pietro, right? Um, okay. To me, though, the, the boy on the island who is dying uh isn't necessarily wanda i think it's vision and i think wanda is the yogurt that he can't open i think wanda Mm -hmm. is the embodiment of the magic um and vision is trying to desperately trying to like get into it or hold on to it maybe but he eventually is going and so the reason i think this is because again deep on the internet I, i somebody took the time to slow that down and actually count the the days that that boy was on the island did you see this um (laughs) it is nine days and nine nights that is the exact length of wandavision episodes wise so could it be that vision at the end of this because he because he's desperate to i mean in a way vision's trying to get away from wanda's magic i suppose but in the end the magic's going to dry up you can't access it anymore and vision will die because of that yeah, no, I, I that's there's that's some very weird. Uh, it's very deep yeah. cuts. It's just it's all conspiracy. Deep, deep cuts. Yeah. All right. So not conspiracies. <laughs> I want to talk about the thing we were talking about earlier that I kind of interrupted you on that uh, because I wanted to. I I think they were trying to maybe tell us even more than just a place and time because when when they're leaving, well, not leaving the movies, but they're out in front of the movies. The yeah. marquee has the Parent Trap, which I think we are to believe is the Lindsay Lohan starring remake, which came out in 1998, and The Incredibles, which came out in 2004, which I do agree with the idea that this general aesthetic of like when this episode takes place makes sense between 1998 and 2004. I I definitely agree with that as like a logical six-year window of time that this episode takes place. Also, cuts them some slack on like, we didn't skip the 90s. It just kind of was more of a 2000s 90s episode than it was a 
uh, 90Z 2000 episode. Um, right. Say that right? Whatever. I think Shh, I, I, I followed. Uh, okay. So what I really wanted to address was that they picked these two movies that I think say a lot about we have a superhero family and we have a movie about twins in which the twins are trying to fight the inevitability of a tragedy and undo it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that those seemed like, I mean, obviously the incredible ones, that, that one's a, you know, kind of surface level reach, but like the parent trap as, uh, as, as a poll there, I thought was incredible. And, uh, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> the Incredibles. Um, but I just kind of like, once I saw that, on that like my brain started allowing that easter egg to kind of tap in even further to what i think is going to happen and how and my lens of what is happening and what has happened i I just really liked a lot this idea that it's a movie about twins and it's about this inevitability of this tragedy and and ultimately they are able to pull it off but I think the question is going to be whether or not Wanda can, and and yeah, yeah. But I liked that a lot. Agreed, agreed. I've got one last. Is Ellis and Rolling Hill anything? I think they were just trying to Ellis. Um, no, not to okay, my knowledge. I mean, I mean, like earlier in the episode, she said, "Don't go any yeah, further than Ellis yeah. and Rolling Hill." So, like, obviously, in the show, it means something, but right? It what the camera lingered on it just long enough that my conspiracy brain was sure. Like, what are they trying to say? I mean, sometimes they throw in like the names of uh, people who've worked on the show. I know that that's sure. happened a couple times this season, but I, 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 that one I honestly didn't really deep dive too much into. To, to me, it was just kind of a maybe like a, a name they pulled from somewhere. Yeah. Um, the only two that I that we haven't really covered because there were a lot of obvious ones, and then not a lot of less obvious ones in this episode. Um, Yes, I agree with that. One was um, really more punny than anything. I just, I'm interested in seeing more about it, and it has to do with Hayward's secret project, Cataract. Um, I just love that it's called Cataract. Yeah. Being an impairment to vision. Um, Yes. Right? (laughs) It's like, it fogs your vision. I hadn't connected it to Vision, the character Vision, but yeah. yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I love that. It's clever. I like to. I like to admit. I want to see like a like a cut scene where it's just him like naming his cool project. He's like, mm, yeah, it's gonna be glasses. Oh no, that's dumb. Hang on. Uh, let me think of something better. Um, Bifocals. Astigmatism. <laughs> so, uh, and then the last one is uh, it's lame. It's lame, but I have to mention it because I. Uh, Wanda says "kick ass" when she when oh, yeah. uh, when Pietro like zooms away at one point, and to me that was just it probably wasn't even on purpose. But I have to mention that Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson, the two actors that have played Quicksilver, both were in another superhero movie together, "Kick Ass," where they. Uh, oh, we're best man. friends, and so yeah, yeah. That's I and, hadn't processed that as yeah. uh, as an in, uh, in interlocking tissue for them. But yeah, and and weird. what makes it even better is that in Kick Ass Two, both the the novel, the graphic novel, and the movie. Um, so Aaron Taylor Johnson is the original Kick Ass, aka the original Quicksilver, right? But then in the sequel, uh, 
Evan Peters' character becomes Ass Kicker, which is like a knockoff of Kick Ass. It's just, right. it's so funny to me. Yeah. No, I love that. And I like, I like, I think that's got to be deliberate. I, had, I hadn't thought about that as being shared connective tissue with those two actors. Right. But obviously, the show isn't afraid to address, you know, the fact that there are real world actors and that they've been recast and all, all of that. So, yeah, no. That's all that's I had. Good, that's a good note to end on, especially considering last week's episode we ended on you, uh, you know. With my uh, rant. With my Hulk know, outrage. Getting some steam out about about the possibility there. And once again, I now, I, I, real quick, I sadly don't have any reading recommendations. Any, I, I just, I think I've dried up all my... <laughs> All my uh, you depth had, of knowledge. yeah, you had great cuts early on, and I, yeah, I mean, I would say people are catching up, and yeah, the last thing I would say though is just go back and watch Captain Marvel because if we're right about the scroll connection, that would be cool. Regardless, obviously, Monica has some beef with Captain Marvel that I think we might get yeah. into a bit here. I think it's worth getting into, especially as we're setting up Spectrum Photon Pulsar more and more and more yeah. with the the fact that we know for sure that her molecular structure is changing and. Right. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's a, that's a good recommendation. I've been looking ahead, and I've been watching like Captain America: Winter Soldier and Civil War yeah. stuff. But you're right; I, sh- I should uh, focus on on the present. Yeah, you know? we're not even we finished with this one yet, man. No, no, not yet. Uh, great. Well, uh, Justin, I think that wraps it up. Unless we have anything else to discuss, that was. No. Uh, I hope that you all grinded and and did a a kickflip dark slide Whoa. off the off the nose manual. Um, Sick moves, everyone. Good yeah, for you. yeah, good, great seven twenty team. Uh, we really stuck the landing. Uh, yeah, and and then botched the actual ending. Okay, bye. <laughs> Sweet. Oh wait, I almost did that thing again where I meant to hit.